Today's episode is going to be a clip from the podcast, His Kingdom Shore Increase, that I co-host with my pastor friend, David Wise. And we are going to be talking about Asbury and the history of revival in Asbury uh, and trying to give a historical context to what we see going on in Asbury right now at this present time. Asbury is is known for revivals, but up until this point, the ones that they are most known for, the 1970, and you can go on YouTube and see several really good videos about the Asbury revival in 1970. The other one was in 1950, and uh, that one has a special place in my heart. I, yeah, yeah. A number of years ago, I, I met a preacher when I was preaching at a, a service about maybe an hour, hour and a half from home, and, and he had been in the Asbury Revival in 1950, told me all sorts of glorious stories. I did some more reading. I have a book in front of me here, Revival Fire by Wesley Duell. Yeah. I believe Brother Duell was a very good man. He wrote a book about that. He talks about uh, that 1950 revival. It started with T.M. Anderson as a uh, teacher there. He was a Church of the Nazarene preacher, but he was also working at Asbury. And uh, he was just seeking God for himself, for the school. And God woke him up one morning, like two or three in the morning. And I, I don't know if it was a vision or what it was, but he was just at, at, you just in the presence of God for five hours. He said from that point on, his teaching was different. And at the same time, there was a group of boys praying for weeks and weeks for revival in the school. And they focused on one boy uh, that was unconverted. His name was Herbie Van Force. He was the son, I think, of a, a Nazarene preacher. He's about 6'3", 6'4", hand going to be a doctor, wanted nothing to do with the Lord. And I think it was in February of 1950, one night, this Herbie Van Force went to one of the fellows who was known as the most spiritual boy on the campus, Bob Barefoot, and said, I had enough. You guys have been praying for me. I can't deal with it. Would you help me pray through? Praise they God. went to the chapel. And they, they prayed, they prayed, and he didn't just put words in his mouth, but at 3 o'clock in the morning, he got glorious victory. The next day at chapel, God's presence was there. Different boys were testifying. Uh, the one boy, Bob Barefoot, testified about the victory the night before, and then Herbie got up. He started testifying. Everything broke loose. God came. Everything basically, I think, just shut down in terms of classes for a week. It spread. They set out kids all over the place. Brother Anderson was exhorting at night in the churches. They had unusual favor. Wesley Duell says in this book, when that happened in 1950, I know this is hard for us to fathom, but that was the number two news story in America yeah. behind a coal miner's strike. And what's so interesting is they, they fear, feel that at least 50,000 people were born again through that revival, you know, unbelievable revivings of churches all over America. But those two boys, both of them died very young. Within a year and a half, Herbie Van Force, that boy had been converted. He won hundreds of souls to the Lord. He was traveling the country, but he's also working on the side. And uh, he was actually doing construction work, and he was electrocuted, and he died at 23 oh or 24. And the other boy died about 26 or 27 in a car accident. Oh my. So their race was short. But it was glorious. Amen. Amen. Well, I, I was, I'd be interested to know. I, you said that at night times, was he exhorting, preaching? T.M. Anderson, was he doing he was that preaching. at was, the chapel there or I think other he places? Was. He started in the chapel there, and then I think it lasted about a week there. And I think the college president, maybe it was Z.T. Johnson, I, I'm not sure if that was his name or not, but they would alternate preaching back and forth. So there was preaching, but there was just sort of a continuous prayer, confession, testimonies, very similar to what we're seeing right now. Okay, so let me ask you this. Um, 
that has been a huge criticism right now to what's going on there. People have said, um, as far as I can tell, you know, a lot of a lot of questions I've seen in Twitter, Facebook, uh, people have been asking, uh, there's is there any preaching there? Is there, is there anything of the word of God there? Uh, what would you have to say about that? I ha- I you know, I have been following it. I've not been watching a whole lot of the live stream. And I think my wife's where they shut down the live stream recently or something like that. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but I have read where different people have gotten up there and exhorted, whether it's preachers or uh, faculty, and I've I've read statements. Like one of them said something like that, God will only fill those who empty themselves. Wow. So to me, that is that is <clears throat> a traditional phrase that's used in revival services, in deeper life teaching. You know, they're talking about dying to yourself so Jesus can sanctify you. Um, you know, maybe it's not the focal point, but I think there is exhortation there. And let's be honest, if people are getting victory and it's not over-the-top crazy, why are we criticizing? Yeah, I mean, there's something about the heart that's just the heresy hunter spirit. You know, that's a scary thing. Yeah, and again, you know, neither – we want to have a brain and a mind of discernment here. Right. But at the same time, I don't want to be found fighting against God, right. especially when we're in such a political situation in our right. present world that the only answer we've really got is that God would rend the heavens, come down, and start just conviction pouring out right. all over the place because we're, we have no hope in the political Absolutely machine. Not. We've got no hope in a lot of Maybe other places, God. but changed and transformed hearts where the kingdom of God is set up in people's hearts. That's going to make all the difference in the world. So um, I, I guess my, one of my thoughts is that, do you think there is scriptural warrant um, for having something like this where there's not somebody who's necessarily preaching, heading this revival? Is there scriptural warrant for that? I don't know if I can think of anything off the top of my head, but I do think that we're all priests unto the Lord. Yes. And uh, if there is somebody, if there's nobody there that is a gifted leader to dominate, you know, God's able to work. I think God works in different ways at different times. And, uh, you know, just from what I've seen in terms of the emphasis and even the way that the, the administration is handling different things, it's just... It's Christ honoring. In fact, yeah. I read something about how they limited testimony to a minute, minute and a half. It's got to be about Jesus. It's got to be present day. You know, just very Christ centered. And to Good. me, that that just warmed my heart. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I obviously that's a careful position to be in if you're in that situation. You don't want to quench what God is doing. You don't want to quench the right. spirit of God. But at the same time, it's just like if you read any revival history. Whenever something like that started, out comes some very flaky things, obviously demonic situations where the devil is trying to derail something that God is doing. So it is a careful balance to maintain. I, for one, would not want to be in a position there at the school having to deal with thousands of people trying to, you know, govern and guide something in a certain way. But, uh, you know, I think I think what we need to do, too, is instead of just criticizing the whole thing. Uh, why don't we start praying? Right. Why don't we pray for what's happening presently Absolutely. there and saying, God, Absolutely. keep your hand on this and make this about repentance, reconciliation to God, the fullness of God's spirit in people's lives. Make it about evangelism and missions from here on out and discipleship. Don't let the devil hijack it. I think our time would be much better spent doing that than picking everything apart and just trying to 
do that, I well, guess. Well, one of the things is I, I've known people that have a lot of confidence in that have gone there, and they yeah. all haven't been the exact same theological stripe. They've been similar type people, but not exactly the same. And they have testified that they have felt the presence of God there. They feel God is working. And with that and with what I've seen myself and reading about, I have no doubt it's God. It mm-hmm. is, it, to me, I thank God for it, and it just, you know— it boggles my mind that that you know people that seem like good people pray for revival and then when it comes or begins to appear, you know they get to tuck head and they put out the lip and well it's not coming the way I want it to come it's not coming to my group it's blah 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 you know be thankful that in the darkness God is starting to move yeah and uh, I think we'll get into you know what we think comes next after this in a little while but uh, thank God that there are mercy drops or maybe more than mercy drops let's plead for the showers yeah let's plead for the showers definitely well brother you had here not only 1950 was a huge uh mark for revival there under tm anderson i say under tm anderson it seemed god mightily used him pretty much yeah but also dennis kinlaw in the uh 70s so what about that well i i uh I don't know that one as well. I've watched that video a couple of times. I've You're talking about that uh, YouTube documentary? The YouTube documentary. Okay. I mean, it just seemed like it was very similar to what we're seeing right now. Yep. Um, I think Kinlaw, if I remember correctly, was away when it broke out. He yeah. came back as quickly as possible. And uh, they basically you know, saw God at work, and they had a gentle leadership. They, they guided it. I mm-hmm. don't know about how much preaching there was, but there was that same sweet sense of God's presence, a brokenness, a repentance, a, an emphasis upon Christ's fullness for the believer. Um, I guess in just a lot of ways, there are some similarities between 1970 and the present day. Yeah, I was, I was kind of refreshing my memory about that, because I think I had watched that some time yeah. ago. I tried to watch it a little bit. I didn't get through the whole thing, but I remember him saying, um, same thing, like you said, in the 50s, it was the number two story on the news. Uh, it, it was the same thing here in uh, the 70s. They had the news um, trying to come in and see what was going on there. And um, Dennis Kinlaw was away at that particular time. And he said, don't let him in. But the man who was there said, well, actually, we've prayed about it. And we think we should let the news agents or in agencies in. And so he said, well, you're on the ground and I've got full confidence in you. So you do what you feel like you need to do. They let them in. And the people, the news anchors were so awestruck by what had happened. They said, we've never seen anything like this. And they even said when they were broadcasting out to homes, they said, you know, tonight, maybe that you're you're the dad, you're sitting on your couch reading the newspaper, you're the mom, you're doing the dishes, you're doing all the stuff around the house. But we just want to say to everyone who's listening, could you just stop a moment and listen to this? We've never seen anything like this. And so here we've got it in those days where it was television. And now we have social media. It's crazy, you know, how this, something like this can be known as quickly as it has and the effects that it has. Absolutely. People are driving hours. Absolutely. They're coming from across the country. And from what I understand, conservative political media is starting to pick up on it. Somebody told Thank me God. Hannity had talked about it. I saw some other guys were talking about it. And I find it interesting. That was it about a week or two ago. Maybe it was a few days before this broke out. You had the whole thing with the Grammys where they had this vile in, in your face satanic yeah, presentation it just seemed like we have gotten to the bottom yeah. in our culture and you know the the people of god have been beaten up in their spirits been mocked ridiculed but yet there's a remnant that's crying out to god thank and then god the days after that happened you have this breakout so I don't think that's a coincidence. I think God is moving. I think God's had enough. I don't mean we're going to have a cakewalk, but I do believe that uh, 
we're going to see this start to break out in different places. You know, brother, this is my personal testimony. This is subjective, so you can say whatever you want to about this. But I will say I have struggled. I can't, I don't know how long, and I'm not trying to get in an eschatological discussion, but I've I've tried to think through a lot of things that have been happening. And, you know, I have to, there's something about hope for the future that does something for the now. And I don't want to just have hope mainly because it makes me feel better. But I will say this, I had done a word study about the kingdom of God and it totally changed what I thought about the kingdom of God. And in doing this word study, it filled me with such a hope uh, along with the, what Jesus said that the gates of hell would not prevail against the church. And I have to be honest with you. There have been times where looking at the news in the past, you know, I don't know, three years that, you know, I'm, I'm starting to think, I don't know, Lord, this is nuts. Uh, You know, is this really the case? But I have always come back to hope again. It's always been back to hope. And I will say now I have noticed that there, there is a, there's a kind of hope in prayer and it's not just because I'm just, you, you know, my head's in the clouds or anything, but I, you know, there's those times where you, you're trying to pray and you really press in and you feel like it is hard. It is hard to pray. You know, the heavens are brass, so to speak. You're trying to pray and it just feels like, man, I'm giving it all I got. And I, Lord, I, I'm, I'm exhausted. I can't even, I, I feel like, where are you? Like David says, where are you, Lord, in the midst of all this, you know? But I'll have to say the past week or so, it seems different to Praise me. God. And, um, you know, for what it's worth, I do believe that if God's people would be people filled with faith, I believe that this could be kingdom shaking beginnings. And I don't mean to say everything that like, like my brother said, we're not endorsing everything that goes on there. I don't really know everything that goes on there. Here's the thing though. If it says that we cannot please God except through faith, right? So regardless of even what you think about Asbury and all that, what about a faith-filled, hope-filled look into the face of Jesus Christ and praying like you believe he can do something about it? Your next step is to call 570-362-7782. I'd love to talk with you over the phone about your spiritual journey or if you're local to get together with you. Uh, I'd like you to go to YouTube and check out God's Resistance Press for this full podcast and other podcast episodes as well. Look for us at the Abide Coffee Shop every Thursday at 6.30 p.m. in Wilkes-Barre.